Shomrabyog. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to On Shomrabyog. Welcome back to Michael and Benjamin's podcast. I am the aforementioned Michael of the podcast, Michael and Benjamin's podcast. And I am joined by the man who has such a struggle keeping his own thoughts inside his head. He has inspired a new movie release this week. It's Benjamin. Hello, it's me. My thoughts are everywhere, Michael. They're out there. They're in town. They're having a walk around the countryside and they're bothering everybody. But Benjamin, Mm. you know what else sometimes bothers people? I I think I do, Michael. I think it goes a little something like this. (gasps) The music for the podcast. We don't actually have anything. Very good. It was the theme music. Benjamin, you're not alone in the tiny room with me this week, in the digital tiny room, Ben, of course, because we have, in fact, done this socially distanced and safe, Ben. Very safe. Very safe. But Benjamin, we are joined by the man who puts the man in Manny Petty. It's Shane. Is that what I put the man in? Yes. D- don't I you put, put the, the man, man in Manny Petty. I had another joke, Shane. Manifest I said destiny? he's... Mm, very good. Yeah. I had an original joke where I said Shane is the man who refused to go for many pedis with us because he said one or two pedos was his limit. Because <laughs> oh, funny, lads. Because it, it implies that you two are pedophiles. <laughs> no, no, that's why I didn't do it. That's why I didn't do that. Joke, I mean, and it? if you're hosting, if you are hosting a terrible. weekly pop culture podcast and are likely to be discussing, say, Disney products, probably being labeled pedophiles would be a bad thing, Mick. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I didn't thing. do that joke. That's you should get t-shirts printed up that says "Not Pedos." <laughs> ben, you're our t-shirt guy. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not making that. <laughs> the only thing more suspicious than uh, than an actual pedophile is someone trying to get away with a "Not Pedo" t-shirt. Mm, I think the lady doth protest too much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, ben, Benjamin. Seriously, you should be prepared and proud to wear a t-shirt <laughs> that says "Not a Pedo." Oh. I don't know why you're not prepared to wear that t-shirt. You know, speaking of poor decisions and things that really haven't been thought through properly and then broadcast out in public, it appears, Benjamin, it appears, Benjamin, as though Warner Brothers would prefer for us to pirate Wonder Woman. Yeah, they've just decided, you know what, you know what, you know who hasn't had a good run of it in 2020? Torrenters. They haven't been doing nothing. Yeah, the poor old torrenters. Benjamin, the news on the street, and by the street I mean the internet, is that Wonder Woman from the Warner Brothers, Wonder Woman 1984, starring Gal Gadot, yes. is to release in America on Christmas Day. Christmas Day, sir? Which I don't it, it, understand. Well, Benjamin, they seem to have a tendency in America to do Christmas Day movie releases. It's not a common thing here. That's so it, weird. That's so weird. Do a lot of people, you know, partake? I think they do in America. I think cinema on Christmas Day is a reasonable thing to do. Here, it most oh, certainly isn't. That's sort of cold-hearted son of a bitch would insist on going to the cinema and having somebody there to serve you, no doubt, spat in popcorn on Christmas Day. No doubt. I don't know. I don't know if you'd get the staff on a Christmas Day that's to, to open a cinema in Ireland. Yeah. People would be like, ah, no, that's too much. No, don't get me wrong. I hate my family as much as the next man. I would love to get out and go to the cinema just to get a few hours away from them. I wouldn't even care if it was one of the biggest movies of 2020. But that's no excuse. That's no excuse for releasing Wonder Woman on Christmas Day. Yeah, it's no good. No good. So, Benjamin, 
look, for the likes of you, Benjamin, for the likes of you who don't hate their families, and I can confirm that that wasn't a joke, Shane. That was, Shane's telling the truth there. But I can confirm that for the likes of you, Ben... Ben has moved away from his family for this broadcast. Just well, read into that what you will. Ben is in a special recording booth now. Benjamin, for the likes of you... Who will who would enjoy watching this with her with his family? It's going to be on the streaming services, Ben. Is it? It's going to be on the digitals. It's going to be on the digitals, Ben. It's going to be on HBO Max, or as your mother famously calls it, the Netflix. The Netflix. The Netflix. Yes. So she'll say, Benjamin, put on that old Netflix there, and put on Wonder Woman 1984, starring the actress Gal Gadot, on it, Christmas Day. Michael, I, I respect that impression, but it would probably go something more like this. Put on that now ne- on the Netflix, the one which I one that dresses like Madonna for a bit. Put that on. Very good. Benjamin, um, of course, the only problem is, Benjamin, we don't have HBO Max here in this country, do we? We're not allowed to have it, Michael. It's not allowed. We're not allowed to have it, so we're not going to get it on Christmas Day. Oh, That's all you wanted Luckily, though, Ben. That, like, I saw your little Christmas list that you wrote up and tried to hide away, Mick, and all it was written on it was Wonder Woman 1984. Christmas Day, please. It was so sad. Yeah. That's all I wanted. My whole little hopes and dreams. Some people want a turkey. I just wanted the film Wonder Woman 1984 starring Hollywood actress Gal Gadot. Um, Anywho. Where was I going? Anyway, yes. I was going to, Ben, that the film is coming out in international markets on December 16th. It is, Michael. The Chinese are getting it first. The grand bunch of lads. The Chinese will probably get a different version which portrays the Chinese to be even grander a bunch of lads. They might actually get a different they version. They always get a it's slightly different ghosts. version. You know, there'll be less yeah. fantasy. Wonder Woman will not be from like a yeah. mystical island. She'll be from an apartment block in downtown China. And her magical yeah. powers and, will uh, probably no be mostly based around organization and, you know, mass production of things. Mm. Grand mm. bunch of lads. lads we're, just, we're, we're, we're hitting all the high notes this episode. Grand bunch of lads. <laughs> anyway, Ben, look. We'll we'll pirate Wonder Woman. It'll be grand. We'll pirate it and we'll oh. watch it on Christmas Day. We'll fly over to China. <laughs> we'll fly over. We'll fly to China. Ben, say that like uh, Donald Trump, though. We're going to China. Yeah, we're going to fly to China on December sixteenth, and we're going to see Wonder Woman. Ooh, yes. Yeah. Do you want to come, Shane? No, no, thank you. Okay. I, I, I a strong anti-Chinese sentiment in and around where I live. <laughs> Fuck. And I think, brilliant. Uh, look, economic sanctions have to be imposed. So the price of my cinema ticket from China is what they're losing out on now. China this year, a uh, bit of a uh, bit of pop culture news for you. China overtook the US as the biggest cinema market. Has that not been coming for a long time? Like it has, all but those it, it has happened. Movies now. that you were like, oh, that'll never see a sequel. They kept seeing sequels because of the Chinese market. The Fast and Furious. Yes, those guys. Anything. The Fast and Furious 6. Presumably the Meg 2 is coming with Jason Statham. I think it probably China's is, yes. Darling. Yes. I hope you're uh, a uh, giant uh, octopus. I'm pretty in this sure one. we're the only English speaking people who actually watch that. <laughs> <laughs> I think we might be. It's going to be on our episode on Sharks, Shane. We have a Shark Week oh, episode brilliant. coming up. Anyway, that's enough talk about Wonder Woman, Ben. Have you seen any trailers? Yes, Michael, this is a bloody, bloody trailer brought out with your and my favourite Spider Man. Uh, Mr. Tom Holland, uh, and he's going to be in a little thing called Chaos Walking, Michael. Chaos. What's walking. that about, Ben? Well, now, Michael, it appears there's a space lady, right? Yeah. There's a space yeah. lady, and she's yeah. up there, like a major mm-hmm. Tom, right, right up there in the sky. Yeah, major and Tom. She gets now, into not, a spot of bother. Not an Uncle Tom. Up there in the. 
Oh, that's enough from you yeah. now. You get back I in your lane until your segment. I just to the faces of these two idiots on screen <laughs> and going, oh, we've ruined a podcast. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of editing this week. There's going to be a lot of editing this week. Uh, <clears throat> she's up there in the spaces. Yeah. And it's not going so well. We start on a kind right. of an interstellar style crash where everything's being flung around. Uh, there's a quick freeze frame where everything seems like it's still and then whoosh, we're being flung around. And she crashes on a on a planet, Michael. And Tom Holland is there and Mads Mikkelsen is there. And it's uh it's pretty interesting. Uh, <laughs> You're really selling it to Tom, us. Yeah, I know. But anyway, it turns out on this planet, Michael, the bloody yeah. the bloody young lady gets out and she's like, Hey, what's going on with your head, Tom Holland? And Tom Holland's like, uh, pretty girl. Uh, uh, oh man, what is this? What's going on? And she's like, Why can I hear what you're saying? And he's like, Well, everyone can hear what we're saying because we're men. And she's like, yeah. What? Um, and then we find out through mysterious circumstances, all the ladies died on the planet. Mm. And all the men have been afflicted with kind of Bluetooth connectivity to their thoughts. And they kind of broadcast mm. all around their heads. Mm. That sounds interesting, Ben. What do you think happened to the ladies? Uh, probably got sick of the men and just, you know, topped themselves. I mean, that was probably... <laughs> Fucking hell. Wow. <laughs> this is going to be the most heavily edited episode of Michael and Benjamin's podcast of Bit all of time, Jim Benjamin. scenario there. Well, I mean, you know, if you had to listen to what was going on in my head all day... It's... I bloody do, Ben. That's what this podcast is. pay yeah. good money to I listen to this sure. podcast for that very reason. Uh, yeah, Tom... it's a stream of consciousness. <laughs> Tom Holland is going to play me in a movie. Uh, but yeah, it, it's an interesting looking thing. There's a bit of space travel. There's a bit of chaos. There's kind of a tribal order running on the planet. Mads Mikkelsen mm. is wearing a big furry coat. He is, and a hat. Yeah. I think he had a hat. He has a crocodile Dundee style hat. Yep. Benjamin, yeah. it is interesting though, isn't it? That, you know, it's probably some sort of, uh, some sort of manifesto around, I don't know, feminism, women's rights, or, you know, some sort of sexual relations sort of thing. Relations between the races and genders. Is it well, not I think, a bit oh, like True Blood when Sucky could hear everybody else's talk, thoughts? I, I don't think so. I think it's the opposite because it's not one person who can hear everyone's thoughts. It's everyone can hear each other's thoughts except one person. Yes. Yeah, which is really irritating. Well, I where I was going, Ben, was it's very interesting on this discussion of a, of a film which is probably about the nature of... of intergender relations in the human species More that you magic. have described the cast as Tom Holland Mads Mikkelsen <laughs> and some girl from space not one of the world's most famous women Daisy Ridley yeah no that's on me that's on me what does that say uh, what does not, that say about what's going on not a whole lot in my favour I'll tell you that much uh, yeah so speaking of toxic masculinity I'm fairly certain that's going to be a prime theme and yeah, that's that's gonna be good, isn't it? When uh, when people hear this and have it confirmed for them that I'm just a monster. Yeah, yeah, just a monster. Some girl from space. Some yeah. girl from space. It's Daisy Ridley, Ben, I, the I most re- famous girl from space. She's been in space before. <laughs> Surely Sigourney Weaver. She's, Surely. Nah, there's an entire generation wouldn't know Sigourney Weaver from space. Yeah, yeah. Who who are you suggesting is the most famous girl from space, Shane? Daisy Ridley. She's been in space recently. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's the most recent famous girl from space. Sigourney Weaver was in space. Mm. I think Sigourney Weaver was in it's space a... pre-Ben. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. When was when was Aliens three? Oh. I don't know, but uh, no, it was nineteen ninety something, wasn't it? Ninety three. Yeah, I think that was post-Ben. That's in the or post-Ben post era. Oh, I suppose the other famous girl from space is Cara Delevingne. Yeah, she's always in space, isn't but she? Some of those Valerian. Oh, that was shite. And Valerian. Mm. 
Yeah, she was in Valerian, I believe. Uh, yeah, that one with the city with thousand plants, Valerian. That Valerian, so yeah. Um, what's his face was in it? Um, Some man from space. There. Yeah. What was his name? Dane DeHaan. He played the character Valerian in the film Valerian. So bad. In the film Valerian. So bad. Let's bloody move on from from this bit. Yeah. Go on. Shane, do you have any bugbears you'd like to to air? Any grievances? Every Monday morning, I get up and I, I download the podcast and I listen to it on my little commute. Every Monday. You fuckers don't cover the things that I want covered. <laughs> well, now's your yeah, chance. Most recently, you have not addressed the return to the small screen of All the Polar Bears Wear Hats. Or His Dark Materials, the- as the listeners might know it as. That's the film with um, Nicole Kidman, where she plays the Frost Queen from Narnia. Ben? Yeah, and, uh, and Daniel Craig has a real tough old time. Uh, Daniel Craig wasn't the worst thing about that. Everything else was the worst thing about that. What I genuinely thought you were talking about when you pitched this for the, the opening notes of the podcast was the Coca-Cola ads. <laughs> and I was like, I don't see what relevance that has to us. Do the Coca-Cola said... ads, do the polar bears wear hats in those? No, I mean, I they probably they... have at some point. It's, it's you know, it's it's probably a fair guess. Shane, I'm assuming you've been watching his Dark Materials. I have. I love his if... Dark Materials. It's one of those books that, you know, really affected me when I first read it. Because Philip yeah, Pullman bit, they're, is they're, fucking mental. They're big. Oh, Those they're are big so big. Books. I mean, who writes so a book hefty. that big and hefty for a teen audience? And yet, bestsellers. Oh, excellent. And not your New York Times bestsellers with nah, your 75,000 copies with sold. your trash. This is, a, this is your international bestseller list. Yeah. Like, pretty, pretty hefty kind of gig. And like, just to spoil it for everybody, everyone ends up unhappy in this. Which is brilliant. Oh, I like the sound of that. You don't write three books and then turn it into an excellent miniseries with the promise that everybody just ends up a bit unhappy without having something in the middle there to keep people coming back. It's a great series of books. Some stage during this season, I think God will die. And I'm sure that will be met with the same um, kind of upset and confused fervor that Ned Stark dying at the end of Game of Thrones season one was met with. People would be like, oh, hang on. God's a bit of an important character. How can you just kill him off? Mm. And they'd be like, mm. nah, it was in the book. You should have read the book. Should have read it. It's a chain. It's in the book. <laughs> I wasn't terribly impressed with the film version of the of the book, All the Polar Bears Had Little Hats On. Why would I, why would I even bother watching this? Because I think the people who made this were probably sitting there and going, you know what? I wasn't that impressed with the film version of All the Polar Bears Wear Hats. We should do a better job yeah. of that. And they've sat down and they've done that. Which has oh. been nice. So it's not a sequel. It's not a follow on. No. It, season one starts from the start. Where all things should. Oh. Um, <laughs> where where all things should. Yes. Um, uh, it has X-23 in it, Michael. It does. Probably like that. Uh, Laura Henney? Laura? What's her name? No idea. Uh, I can't remember. Next again, okay. Toxic Mass. Oh no, that's the, that's the character's name, isn't it? It's not the actress. She's Laura, isn't it? Laura, isn't that her name? I, no. I, I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember. Uh, Laura. Um, it has Hamilton in it. It does. Hamilton is there. He's a bit irritating. Lin Manuel Miranda. Yeah, yes, he dial- he's like, there. He kind of dials it back a bit for this, but he's still his normal irritating self. Just dialed back a bit. <laughs> you, uh, beloved, you... beloved actor Lin Manuel Miranda, there yeah. taking down a notch on the podcast. Yeah, nice. I mean, I musical icon. He got a bit big for his boots, and he does this over the top, exuberant, plenty of talking, and I don't like it. And if he were a guest on this podcast, I'd have a word with him. 
<laughs> no, nothing well, confrontational. You better just cancel that then, Ben. Get him off the calendar. Ah, oh, damn, Lynn, buddy. Listen, look, we would have had you on. We would have had you on, but it turns out that infectiously charming, exuberant personality that has won you acclaim across the globe has yeah. had you direct and star in multiple Broadway shows. It's just, it's just. Not I mean, Ben kind of finished that with direct and star in multiple Broadway shows, as if that's something you'd tell your family about at Christmas. <laughs> that is something I would be ashamed of. Lin Manuel Miranda will be saying, "Oh gosh, darn it! I guess I'll just have to go on another podcast." Broadway musicals—they're not even an art form, Ben. I'm not even touching that with a ten-foot barge pole. Oh, yeah, let's leave musicals alone. Shane, I see Shane that uh, you're really quite suffering from COVID isolation because you've essentially come on the podcast this week to release your rage. <laughs> so enraged. So enraged. We should have retitled this episode. What does Shane hate? <laughs> What should you be ashamed of? That's what I'm <laughs> So, speaking of things that Shane hates, Ben, yeah. this week, why don't you tell us what the bloody topic of the week is that we're going to cover? Just before we do that, I came up with a better name. It's called Shane and Anger. Um, oh, it's, it's pretty yeah. good. It's pretty solid. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, this week's episode, Michael, you <clears throat> you sent a text round to the Shomrabug group WhatsApp that we have. Yeah, yeah. And you said, lads, do you ever listen to Biggie Smalls? And me and Shane said, of course we do. <laughs> big into west coast gangster rap from the 80s of course we do we were born in the streets man and yeah so then you went look look lads it was all a dream right and uh yeah then you basically told us that we had to watch a bunch of tv shows because you wanted to do an episode on dreams um yeah so what i've done and what shane have done what shane has done if you're into correct yeah. english is that uh, we've kept a dream journal since you sent that text into uh, the podcast group right right and good and what we're going to do today in a little bit yeah. of a, a little bit of a change of direction a little bit of uh stray from form right we're going to have a, a round robin which you taught me this yeah, afternoon. yeah that's well done taking turns yeah and basically i'm going to tell you about the dreams involving the masturbating penguin right and then shane is going to tell you about the dreams of tap dancing on lynn manuel miranda's head but i'm gonna spend 20 minutes like everybody who talks about dreams explaining how it was lynn manuel miranda but wasn't actually him if you get me Mm. but that yeah yeah, that's gonna take about 15 20 minutes and it was kind of like my parents house but it wasn't yeah if you know what i mean you know you know the way dreams are yeah yeah you know what i mean ben i'm interested in hearing did the penguin have hands did it yeah. have human hands? So he has that. That was the most disturbing part, Margot. Is yeah. that he has huge Mickey Mouse gloves? Ben, oh, very good. And right. I might be digressing here, and it might kind of take up a lot of time in the podcast. So make note the time, so you want to edit this out. But do you ever hear <laughs> that joke about the penguin? Oh, the penguin's driving along, <laughs> and his car. So the penguin's driving along, and suddenly his car just cuts out. And he's like, "Oh no, I'm a penguin. What what will I do?" But he's outside a garage, so he brings you know goes over, knocks on the door, his little flipper. <laughs> Nobody can see this, but I'm making little flipper knocking gestures. Yeah, yeah. Well, he has large gloved hands in this yeah. story. So he goes over and uh, knocks on the garage door and out comes the mechanic. And he's like, oh, look, I can't fit you in right now, but leave it with me for an hour or two and I'll have a look at your car. It'll be Grant. So the penguin's like, Grant, look, I'll go have a look around the town. I'll come back to you. Perfect. So penguin goes off and like, you know, he's wandering around town. Hot day. He's a penguin, so he's feeling the heat. Pops into an ice cream shop and again, gets like a massive ice cream sets it down in front of him but he's got the flippers he doesn't have hands can't use a spoon oh he doesn't have hands so he's just like you know shoveling it in with the flippers and the ice cream gets all over his face but you know finishes up heads back to the garage and the mechanic sees him 
you know, no time for pleasantries here because it's the only penguin that's come in all day. The mechanic goes, looks like you've flown a seal. And the penguin goes, nah, it's just ice cream. Hey! <laughs> Jesus Christ. Right, good. That was safe for work. Anyway, where, what the hell are we doing? Benjamin, you were doing a bit where you were comically misinterpreting what I meant. Yeah. And then that was interrupted by a almost dreamlike um, joke. That was a Lynchian aside there from Shane. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we're on point. I think we're on topic. We should be grand, lads. What we're actually doing, Michael, is we're looking at famous dream episodes from TV series that we've all watched. Yes. So, Ben, um, I mean, there's a certain irony here because there's a there's a kind of double confusion here. Because we're not really talking about dream episodes, are we, Ben? Well, it depends on what you define as a dream episode, Michael. Uh, right. In general, a dream episode is one of those ones where we get to glimpse an alternate reality and then the character yeah. wakes up and goes, oh, 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 oh thank God. It, it was, was all a dream. a dream. You child, what day don't. is it? That's why I said it's or Christmas they... Day. <laughs> Shane is just in Lynchian fucking lane over there in the corner. <laughs> It's been so long. 25 Lynch Lane. So, so Ben, this episode came back because I've been, as you know, re-watching the classic television series Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Buffy, yeah, it's a classic. Or, Sarah Michelle Gales. Exactly, she's in it. And Benjamin, one of the very, very best episodes is an episode called Normal Again. Right, I, I don't know it, Michael, because I'm not the hugest of Buffy fans. Well, Ben, you're familiar with the whole concept where Buffy Vampire Slayer, she's a vampire slayer. She is. It's kind of all in the title, Ben. I mean, it's one of those great things, just all in the title. Yeah, it's it's all there. It's all pretty clear. And she lives in Sunnydale, Ben, and she's always fighting vampires and demons and whatnot. And, you know, she's dealing with uh, she's dealing with loss because very famously in one of the best episodes of the series, her mother dies. Oh, Mick um, really hated her mother. Of natural causes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Terrible. And, um, you know, she has a motley gang of friends who are um, have different superpowers. One of them's a witch. Another one's a demon. Another one's like a sexy vampire man. I imagine if this was set in modern times, they would probably have a podcast. <laughs> Take that podcasting. Hellmouths. Yeah. The Sunnydale yeah, podcast. So they're on, they're on. They're doing a podcast on the Hellmouth. But Ben, in this particular episode, Buffy is fighting a demon. Oh yeah, as she does. As she does. And this demon has a special stick, a special kind of little prick that comes out of his arm and extends out of his arm. And he gives her a little stab with it. Like Robocop. No! And when he gives her a little stab with it, um, the scene cuts away, Ben, to the actress Sarah Michelle Gellar in a mental institute being sedated with a needle. Does she want to be sedated? No, she's against it. Okay, that's no good. And then the doctor's telling her, "Okay, now calm down, calm down, calm down. You're you're back with us, Buffy. You're back with us. Everything's fine." And then the whole episode, Ben, is framed by this delicious concept that her whole life in Sunnydale, her superpowers, her magical sister, her witch best friend, her ex-demon friend, her sexy vampire buyer boyfriend, they're all figments of her imagination. Well, because who she among had us hasn't dreamed of having a sexy vampire boyfriend? Everybody has dreamed of having a sexy vampire boyfriend, especially Stephanie Myers. And 
amazed I managed to pull that name out of my head. Well, <laughs> well done. done. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. I mean, author, I think if we peeled back Twilight. behind the books visible behind Mick, we'd probably find the full Twilight saga. Just kind of He's cover those dressed up it up with comics and Neil Gaiman. And, yeah, but it's all Stephanie Myers right behind him. It's all Stephanie Myers behind it. Uh, the host is my favourite. Um, anyway, what was I saying? That was a great Stephanie Myers joke, which neither of you have appreciated. I appreciated uh, her, her less famous book. I, I didn't even know she'd yeah, written her, other books or was allowed to write yeah, other books. Yeah. Yeah, well, look, uh, I'm I'm doing some great work here, and I'm underappreciated in my time. Um, what was I saying? You were saying, Michael, that uh, her sexy vampire boyfriend is a fiction. You were saying that you loved this episode of Buffy because it reminded you of Sucker Punch, your favorite movie. Uh, Sucker Punch is my favorite movie. I like I the style. Yeah. I don't want this to be a Zack Snyder fan cast. I've said it before. It's let's... not because I have no time for any of his films past Guaul, the Legends of Guaul. I don't even... Is that, the, that, is that was, the owl one? Yeah, the owl one. The Guardians of Gwaul. Was that him? That was that was Zack Snyder, yeah. What are we doing? Buffy. So in the Buffy episode, Ben and Shane... The Buffy ec- she, episode Sucker Punch? Um, she is in the... She's in the Mental Institute, Ben. Yeah. Sucker Punch, Ben, actually. I know you're doing... Shane, I know you're doing a joke, but that actually works on this theme. I know. It came to me just there. And then I was like, Mick will be able to run with this because it is legitimately his favourite movie. So I introduced it. It's also based on the same idea. Yeah, exactly. I was being an asset to the podcast. Uh, Sorry, I didn't notice. I thought you were just being chaotic again. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I've gotten to the point now where I've I've put you mentally on mute in case you go off on one about penguins again. So Buffy <laughs> is in a mental institute and everything that's happened to her is a part of a coping mechanism. And it it flips backwards and forwards between the two settings. So the battle in Sunnydale against this demon and her trying to cope with the fact that it's poisoned her and it's making her have these strange thoughts. Mm. But then she's back in the mental institute where her mother, who's alive, and her father, who hasn't divorced her mother, are telling her that all of these fictional characters aren't real and they're just coping mechanisms. Buffy famously died at the end of season five... This takes place in season six. And they even describe that period where she was dead as. Come on, Buffy, remember when you were back with us for a couple of months last summer and it was the best time we've ever had? Um, It's very cunning. That's good. It's very, very cunning. Ben, the best thing about it is the, the dream state convinces her that it's real. And her doctor and her mother and her father in the dream are so concerned for her. They're not evil. They're concerned for her and they're trying to help her. And they help her by trying to exercise these fantasies from her head. So they're telling her in her dream, in the dream, which is the Buffy world, the Sunnydale world, kill all those weird friends off and forget about them. And she's trying to kill them. Oh, you see, Ben? But then they do the cure on her, Ben. Oh, they get a cure. That's cool. They get a cure in the Sunnydale world. They get a cure and they save her. Oh, that's good, isn't it? But, Benjamin. Oh, no. Here's the twist. Oh, no. There's always a twist. The, there's always a twist. The last scene of the episode is in the Mental Institute with a catatonic Buffy and the doctor telling her mother and father, I think she's gone. 
God. That's the last scene. So the, from there on, Buffy is quite possibly a catatonic. Or maybe illusion. always was. Oh, that's weird, wow. isn't it? Mind blown. That's weird. Uh, right, right. Who was allowed to write that one? It was a very good one. I actually, oh, I really should know that. I assume it was Jane Spenson, but I don't know. Do you want me to look that up? I mean, you can if you want, Michael, and I'll tell you about my asylum dream. Very good. Uh, well, tell not- us about Sucker Punch while you're doing it, because that's essentially the same thing. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> so, uh, I, Michael, I took a look at the CW ones. I decided to go for the handsome runway model form of television that was the CW from the year. And then, before we go further, have you settled on who is the most attractive Winchester brother? It's Dean, obviously. Okay. I I agree. It is Dean. Like it, it, it could not be any any more Dean than it is. I think that is because you two are mostly straight men. I right. think the the thinking lady would prefer a bit of Sam, especially mm. after Caesar two or three, where Sam had clearly hit the gym a bit. Mm. He did get quite I see, checked. I, I yeah. do see your point. I like that you called us mostly straight. Well, I look without going too far off on this. It, it's a continuum. <laughs> hasn't stopped. We all fall somewhere yet. on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, Di- uh, Diego Gutierrez was the writer of the episode "Normal Again" of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Thank you very much, Michael. So very good. It would seem that there's something of a convention, or perhaps Buffy is the one that inspired all of this, because I think it probably is. Uh, that mental asylums and dreams and superpowered beings is a is a thing. So when we have a, right. a dream, an induced dream state, Michael, um, apparently we go to an asylum and have to question our existence. That's a, a thing because I watched Smallville. Oh, one of your favorites. It actually was once upon a time, believe it or not. Uh, yeah. And Smallville, there's an episode of Smallville called Labyrinth. And in Labyrinth, Michael, bloody Clark Kent, or the blur as he's become known in, in Smallville, he's up there and he's mending something in the barn. Because he's a, he's a good old farm boy in Kansas. So Shelby the dog is there and Shelby starts going off, just, just barking away. And Superman, with all his super senses, doesn't have a fucking clue what's going on. But the dog knows. So the dog goes bananas. And it turns out that there's a, a being and something rushes at Clark from the darkness. And then he falls over and wakes up in an asylum. Oh, very good. And he's in the middle of a group therapy session, Michael. And he's being told that he has all these delusions about uh, another planet and... You know, and he's an alien and he has super strength. And obviously in, in this world, in, in Asylum world, he doesn't have any powers, Michael. Obviously, yeah, like Buffy. Yeah, like 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 the Buster. And what happens is, it's it's not dissimilar. He's tried to, he's, he's it, it, there's an attempt to convince him that the Asylum is the real world and that he should simply undergo the treatment to come back to the real world. You know, exactly like Buffy. Exactly like Buffy, Michael. And it's done in a very insipid way. Much the same, Michael, as Buffy. Uh, dangled in front of him is Lana Lang as the character. Katie Crook. 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 The opposite as well. Lana Lang is the character's name. Uh, yeah, sorry. Lana Lang is the character's name. And she's there and she's saying, but Clark, if you only look after yourself and undergo the procedure, we can be together. Oh, that's what he always wanted. And that's what he always wanted in season two of the... He'll probably think that until he gets married and then he'll think he wants something else. Shane, this is not the platform. Shane, this is not the platform. Shane's wife clearly is not listening. I know my wife hates this podcast. (laughs) That hurts. That's why I feel confident that I can come on and say pretty much anything. (laughs) She might listen to support you. No. 
hates it that much that she wouldn't even listen to support me. I mean, fair. Fair. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, <clears throat> he and the, the really insipid thing is she kind of does this thing where she's like, I mean, come on, Clark, do you really want to go back to the life where your arch enemy is dating the love of your life and there's a new crypto freak every week and it just sounds very stressful. So it's very clever, Michael. It's very clever. Mm. And mm. The, mm. the kind of denouement of this particular episode is uh, Clark strapped to a table by two strapping young men. Um, oh, in, in the Winchester boys. In the, Winch- the Winchester boys. It was the first supernatural Smallville crossover. Right, uh, good. And it was the Winchester boys and they strap him down. And there's a drill that's going to be placed in the side of his skull. But in the, in the end, Michael, uh, he hears Shelby the dog barking outside of this experience. Right. And then uh, he goes, oh, that's Shelby. I'm still in the barn. And he gets a surge of strength and he beats up everybody and he strangles his doctor who turns out to be an escape, escaped phantom from the phantom zone. Oh. That's what it was all along. And then noted Nexium member, Alison Mack, comes in <laughs> and says, Clark, are you okay? Yeah. Would you like to come to a meeting? Would you like to come to a meeting with me? Um, with me. And having watched that episode, Michael, I then went down uh, the... Smallville podcast rabbit hole because Michael Rosenbaum who plays Lex Luthor on Smallville has his own podcast called Inside of You um, and he frequently interviews all the previous cast members of Smallville uh, except for Alison Mack and every episode now the question is She's the one you want to hear from (laughs) Every episode now the, the prime question is did you know that Alison was acting the bollocks? And everybody's like no no it was such a shock no uh, and then you, mm. you kind of also get the sense that everybody kind of knew and was just kind of like, oh, leave Alison to her thing. It's, leave it's leave Alison to her weird cult. Yeah, Don't drink any open bottles she hands you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's the dream episode in in Smallville, Michael. Ben, that sounds terrible because um, it like there's no greater meaning behind it. None. There's There's no mystery of whether it was the real world. None. And um, he doesn't overcome it through any particular strength of character or strength of will or just hears a dog. Yeah, he hears the dog and has a bit of a doubt. Yeah. He's literally a doubting Thomas. I'm not mad for it. Well, he's he's Clark. No, but he's Tom Welling. Oh, very good. Yes, he is literally doubting Thomas. That's actually quite clever. Uh, thank you. So, yeah, there's, it's it's probably a weaker form of that convention, Michael, because there is no strength of character or will involved. Mm. So, Benjamin, you said that it was probably Buffy that inspired all of these. But Shane has come to the table and I hope to God he's going to talk about the thing we agreed he was going to talk about and not go wildly tangentially off topic. Um the because culmination the one of the go- storyline where J.R. Ewing was shot. And then it oh, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> because Shane has brought one. That's actually a good point, though, isn't it? Because that <laughs> they, they go back and it was all a dream. The whole season was a dream. Same with Roseanne. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Shane, you have one that's before Buffy. Um, yes. Uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. A series I love and loved. Uh, far beyond the stars in which one captain uh, commander Benjamin Sisko at that stage uh, under the stress of the mounting casualties from the war with the Dominion just kind of has a bit of a freak out I don't think it was to do with the prophets um, and starts living, living this parallel life where part of the story takes place in what looks like the 1950s and he's a struggling science fiction writer for a small pulp uh, magazine 
and then he flicks back to him receiving medical treatment on Deep Space Nine. The whole point of it is just racism is bad. Cause as a... <laughs> get a, get away, do away with it. That's yeah, what I'd just, say. just do away with it. I mean, how are we still having to debate this? Yeah, you know. At least there's a clear message to yours. Tom Welling learned nothing. Yeah, I mean, I don't think this particularly advanced the plot of Deep Space Nine. But this was back when everything had 24 episodes and you could lash in a couple that just wandered off on a tangent. It was my style of podcasting, just random <laughs> tangents going every which way. Um, yes, yeah, so and, and I, I think he ultimately ends up in an asylum, but it's, again, it's not hey! through any strength of will that he comes back. He just sort of gets over it. He's in the asylum and is like, oh, that's shit. And then he comes back to Deep Space Nine. Um, but... I'm not sure, I suppose it does happen in mix, I'm not sure with Ben's example, do all, of, like, especially with Star Trek all of the characters just take off their makeup and play different versions of themselves Oh, very clever Yeah, so I love when that happens Yeah, it's great I love seeing actors who step outside like the role that is essentially their defining role and do a funny accent or a different voice or something like that, just to kind of go Oh, we're actoring Yes. There was, there were a couple of late, late season episodes of Xena Warrior Princess and Hercules Legendary Journeys where they were set in the present day and the cast of the shows played the writers and crew of the show. Ah, oh, brilliant. Yeah, that's what nice. you want. That's what's happening with uh, Far Beyond the Stars. Like, Odo is the magazine publisher. Kira, Miles O'Brien. Miles uh, O'Brien is a stuttering writer who can't quite finish a sentence. Kira is a, mo- a moxie-filled woman writer. Um, Dax is kind of an airhead secretary. You know, oh. they all get to... It was just... Look, I'd say it was just like a bit of fun on Star Trek Deep Space Nine set. No painful hours getting into makeup. No wandering around pretending you're into blood wine and ridiculous things like that let's just just go in and do a nice simple episode that says racism bad yeah get rid of it get rid of Solid. racism yeah. no good shane is there any is there any uh, hidden implication that this could be the real world and deep space nine is the fantasy no okay well that's ruined my, my yeah belief. i mean the closest you get to that at the end of it he's talking to his father uh aboard deep space nine and like he's very much back in what is accepted as the real world and progressing along with the story and then he stands up and but he's at this stage he's pontificating about maybe there is this guy out there writing these stories and we're just a figment of his imagination and he walks over to the window of the space station and you see a reflection but i don't think it's given to mean that it is the situation that the you know this isn't the real world it's just cisco being a bit pontificating maudlin yeah i mean so i watched the other late 90s pretty girls fighting evil show (laughs) and i tell you what by god i mean it has not aged as well as buffy let me tell you let me tell you something what which way i watched an episode of the television show charmed Oof. i don't know if you're familiar with it it's about three witches and they have the power of three. Oh, it's awful. Oh, it's terrible. See, it's, it hasn't aged as well as Buffy, but at the same time, it wasn't as good as Buffy to begin with. It so wasn't maybe as good it as... has aged better. 
Possibly, yeah. It has. It's not as good as Buffy, and you know, very easy to think of it as a Buffy knockoff. But it was already in production when Buffy came out. It only came out half a year after Buffy the Vampire Slayer, so they are products of the same time. Oh, Hollywood! You all go to the same gym or something and just stand around (laughs) in the showers chatting about what (laughs) storylines you've got coming down the pipeline. Sexy magic girls fighting evil. Great idea! I Um, do a sexy magic girls show. But this Sexy Magic Girls is no use. It has none of the artistry of Buffy. So in this, Ben, the source of all evil, who's played by a Scottish man, um, decides that he he wants the power. He wants the power of three. So he needs to kidnap one of the sisters and use her desire to have a child to be able to get inside her mind and convince her that uh, she wants to give up her powers. So the, the, there's the three sisters, Ben. There's Alyssa Milano. Ah, uh, yeah, classic. Who f- famous, famously has a spaceship named after in Guardians of the Galaxy. She does. Also, she was in Commando with Arnold She was in Commando, yes. Was Commando not... Was that... Yeah, it was. You're right. Sorry. I thought it was Eliza Dushku, but that no, was True she Lies. she was in True Lies, yeah. Yes. Um, so there's also Rose McGowan. Ah, Rose McGowan. Yeah. Who you might know from having machine gun leg. And from the internet lately. And from the and hashtag Me Too movement. Yes, yes. yeah. And she's all over I the mean, internet. And the funny thing is, she's the sexy one. Which must have been difficult for Alyssa Milano because she was originally the sexy one. Yeah, it's, it's... But then Rose McGowan is the sexy one. Is this they the, both the, be sexy? Rose McGowan was recast though, wasn't she? Like, or no, she wasn't recast. It was the other way so around. that Shannon Doherty was. Yeah, in there. Shannon Doherty left. She was killed off off screen oh, because she was a was rampant she? bitch, apparently. Because nobody likes Shannon Doherty. Oh, apparently. well, that's she's one of the worst people. Oh, not as bad as Alison Mack, probably from not. The no. But just a bit unpleasant. They probably should have got rid of Alison Mack and just left Shannon Doherty alone. And then there's the other one, Holly Marie Combs, who plays Piper. I'm doing air commas because it does have air air quotes in the show. So anyway, Piper is the one he chooses because she wants to have a child. And her desire to have a child in a normal life is a way for the source of all evil to drain her power. So she's attacked and she gets knocked down. And when she gets knocked down, she wakes up, Ben, in a mental asylum. Oh, for oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> and all her friends and family are there playing different characters. So her boyfriend, whose name I cannot remember, um, he's the doctor. Leo. Leo. Leo is his Leo, name. Yeah. yeah. Leo's the doctor and he works in the hospital. But the hospital is her house. So they didn't even spring for any new sets. That's weird. Did, did they paint yeah. it white at least? No, it's just their house. And do they explain they even, why there's? They a... explain it away by saying you're not e- your name's not even Piper Hallowell. This is Hallowell Home for the Mentally Unstable or whatever. And oh. these two women who you think are your sisters are just your roommates. Uh. But in Buffy, when they did it right, it what? was never clear which version was real. But the whole time in Charmed. There is no sense of danger, confusion, urgency. Piper just goes, yeah, right, whatever. I don't believe you. And she maintains that for the whole episode. No doubt. 
<laughs> no doubt in the world. And it keeps cutting back to the source of all evil, holding his hands over her temples oh. and telling his sexy assistant, who is my new favourite 90s television character, um, and telling her, I've nearly convinced her that it's real now. Oh, it's absolutely dreadful. In where the dreams... In, where in the... How many seasons in are we at this stage? Season four, episode seven. Oh, so the they've gone past that annoying bit where they used to end every episode with the power of three will set you free or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, they're actually they're at. It's in the page. It's in the page. Is page Rose McGowan's character's name? It's I in the page no era. So, hang on, just to completely apropos nothing. How do they replace one of the three sisters? Is it just the sister Step with sister. a new face? Or no, Step she sister. gets killed. Okay, off screen. Okay. And then the very next episode, they discover they had a half-sister the whole time. What a load of bollocks. Oh, it's supernatural-esque levels of tomfoolery. Yeah. But, Benjamin, my favourite thing about the whole thing is in the Mental Institute, um, they're in Blue Scrubs, obviously, but Rose McGowan's character, Paige, who was introduced as the sexy one, is in a mental, a sexy mental patient outfit. Now, Ben, I don't want. Oh, I, we're not. We're 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 talking about the representation of this nonsense in pop culture here. So I'm not saying anything about people who have mental illness and need to go to hospitals. But they don't wear off a single shoulder, belly top mental patient outfits. They certainly don't. They don't, Ben. And there's Just some sense of <laughs> who here has been in a mental hospital. No one. So we can't really speak for sure. But we're no, assuming we they don't. We're assuming that they don't. And if they do, they don't only give it to the sexy ones. The ones who look like me would be in the same outfit. With a strap hanging hairy off one shoulder? Hairy shoulder hanging out. It'd be, it, would be, it would be equal opportunities. It's terrible. It's everything wrong with having the idea of the Buffy episode and completely missing the point. You never believe it might be true. There's no sense of danger. Piper, when she's in the mental institute, she's so sarcastic and dismissive of the whole thing. It's dreadful. Wow, that sounds... Get, oh. get rid of it. It's it's in my top five things to get rid of, along with, as we discussed earlier, racism. Yeah. Again, solid Good. call. Well, yeah. Michael, from one set of siblings fighting evil to another set of siblings fighting evil, bloody, I watched also the Supernatural episode where bloody Dean has an L dream. Uh, what, oh, the Winchester boys. What, what could be and what, what is it? What is and what should never be? Uh, what is and what should never be? The Winchester boys go on Little Hunt. And this is back in the day when Supernatural didn't really lean into the kind of kitsch uh, humor vibe that it is now famous for. What season are we in with this? Season is two, episode. Ah, oh, so in their heyday. Oh, in their, in their, yeah, it's it's right in there in the early days when the monsters were full of menace and the boys might die every episode, and you know, and that was and they a danger rather yeah. than just a thing they had to get resurrected from. Yeah, exactly. And they could, uh, and they could afford the rights for classic rock music. Yeah, oh, so yes, Kansas was allowed to to play at the end of the season finale each year. Um, yeah, but they had classic rock in some of the episodes. They did. As well. They had nightmares. missing from the DVD box sets. Benjamin, one of my favorite bits of supernatural trivia. Excuse me. Interesting. Excuse yeah, they me. didn't. They didn't maintain the rights to a lot of the classic rock, so they had to put in like close enough parodies of it. Wow, some guy with a guitar just wailing away. Yeah, no good. 
No good. Anyway, this episode is quite good, Michael. I quite enjoyed it. Um, so, Michael, in this particular universe, the thing that does it is, again, in a very Buffy-esque way, Michael, um, the boys are on the hunt for a gin. Oh. Um, and a gin and tonic. A gin and tonic. The they're, they're absolute luscious, Michael, and they're heading out for yeah. a bit of sauce in the town. Sammy. Um, Sammy, I'd murder a gin. Sammy. A gin tea. Sammy. Don't forget the mint. Sammy. Sammy, I need a gin tea, Sammy. I swear to Juniper <laughs> berries. I swear to Christ, Sammy, if you go heavy on the tonic. Um, yeah, so... Dad always loved you more. <laughs> my boys. Sammy, I love both of my boys. Get get your brother G&T. They're erring dangerously into Rick and Morty territory there, but... <laughs> Put a little umbrella into the bitch. Sammy, you should hit the gym. A lot of women don't find you sexually attractive. Where are you going, Ben? Anyway, the boys are on the hunt, and uh, Dean tracks down the gin, and the gin is the thing that induces the dream state. <laughs> I got that gin, Sammy. My thirst is quenched. It's so refreshing. It's very modern, Fever Sammy. Fever tree tonic, Sammy. Fever tree. So, in this... <laughs> Maybe say genie, Ben. Just say genie. I, I know love... it's not a genie in the episode, but that... just say genie. I love that Shane's Dean Winchester is very, very, very close to a Delta Blues singer that wasn't yeah, yeah. discovered until they were 83 years old. Yeah. <laughs> Accurate, I feel. <laughs> anyway, there's a genie. And yeah. the genie is very much like uh, the guy that you spoke about earlier with the little prick in his hand. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He induces the the dreamlike state, and what the genie does is um, that raises your body temperature, boils your blood, and then they feed on your life force. It's a whole thing. Oh, no use. While you're in the in the dream state. So in this, um, no wonder they were being hunted. No wonder. Mm. No wonder. Yeah, Not good. I mean, Bunch of bad eggs. If Get they rid were of just, them. you know, working a nine to five, the Winchesters probably would have left them alone. <laughs> so this particular genie. Uh, gives Dean his dream life. And in his dream life, uh, their mother never died. And so they're never set on the path of hunting. Their father never becomes a hunter. uh, So they never follow in the family business. And they live uh, what is pretty much a a very comfortable upper middle class American existence. Um, But there are some interesting twists here uh, in that their mother is still alive and we get to see that theme explored quite a bit where Dean actually gets to interact with his mother um, and one of the one of the plots in the early days or one of the character motivations in the early days is Sam doesn't have that much memory of their mother because he was only a little baby he was only a little baby so whenever the motivation is waning Dean gets very upset because he says it's for mom uh, mm. and Sam is always kind of like I mean that's great that is cool mm. but I don't really I don't really know mom and it's a whole thing but anyway that whole thing happens and uh, he goes through the kind of suburban thing and then slowly Dean starts to notice that things are out of place. For mm. example, the relationship mm. he has with Sam is is really, really rubbish because they never bonded over hunting. They don't have that experience. Mm. So And being neglected by their father. Yeah, so they don't have that trauma bonding together. They, they don't have that, mm. that brotherly link. Uh, together and to be upset that you don't have deep-seated psychological issues is probably a bit not a great reason to kick against your therapy we'll we'll probably get to that in a second you're going to enjoy this shane so oh good um one of the most um interesting things that it's probably still a better motivation than is that my dog (laughs) yeah is that my dog (laughs) having a bark is that my dog (laughs) is this a dream (laughs) is this a a dream (laughs) did i hear my dog (laughs) 
this would be a great opportunity for Bowie to be in the room and bark along. I was just you about to this say. up then. First episode in months that the dog is not a part of, and Mick is shouting, "Is that my dog? Is that my dog in the background? Is this a dream? Get me a G and T, Sammy." <laughs> so anyway, I've joined. I've joined Chain on the side of chaos, Ben. I'm sorry. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, Dean figures the best way to get out of the dream is to retrace his steps to the actual location that the dream state was induced in. So he goes back to the warehouse where they found the genie in the dream. And as he gets closer and closer, the reality of the dream starts to kind of disintegrate. Mm. And once he gets there, everyone appears. That's kind of featured in the dream. So you had Sam, they had their dad, they had the mum, um... And they all kind of appear and they admit they give up the they give up the the goose, the goose, the illusion. And they say, well, look, you can go back there where the world is utter shite. You've lost mm. your mum. You've lost your dad. You're constantly worried for your own safety. More importantly, you're constantly worried for Sam's safety. Um, it's a pretty miserable existence. You've lost so many people. Why the fuck would you want to do that? And then Dean tries his best to be gruff and he's like, because you can't just give up on your responsibilities. Um, and they say, well, look, you're going to live a full life here. And he says, yeah, but I'll be dead in a couple of days with the genie. He's like, but you won't know. You'll be in your dream state and, you know, it'll be a good life. You'll live a full life here in the dream. And he's like, mm. uh, no, no, I got to do it. And the way he does it is that uh, he's going to kill himself in the, the dream to wake himself up. But that should be a really lazy way of doing it. But th- it's so well acted in that final scene. And I know it's strange to say that a supernatural scene is well acted. But in those early days, they took it quite seriously. And he, they, every cast member is doing their best to convince him to stay in the dream. And there's a second there where you're like, oh, maybe. Maybe. Mm. Sounds a bit matrixy. Uh, but then he gives it up and he uh, stabs himself in the chest. Oh. And he, he has an old wake up. And uh, he takes care oh. of business with the gin. And <laughs> that's a sip. finish off this gin, Sammy. <laughs> Sip, 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 sip. And there's a classic kind of Winchester heart to heart at the end where he's like, Sammy, I wanted to stay so bad. Sammy, I wanted to stay in that dream, Sammy. And then Sammy is like, but you didn't, Dean. And that's what makes you strong. And then then they do the the scene from, um, what is it, Commando, uh, where Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, you son of a bitch. And they they do the, the clasp. Good, good, good. I like and it. It's a whole thing. And then uh, the gin make a, a secondary appearance, Michael, a couple of episodes, a couple of seasons later. And it turns out that the gin don't just give you good dreams. It depends on the species of gin. Uh-oh. And if you oh, if, if you get another one, they give you your worst nightmare because they feed on fear instead. And there's a whole horror episode based on zombie kind of Call of Duty. It's weird. Okay, cool. Not as good. Not as good. Okay. I won't watch it then. Yeah. But watch the first one. Very good. Yeah, Shane, do you have another one? Very yes. briefly, Shane, we're getting we're getting light on time here. You asked, well, I have come completely unprepared for this one, so I won't waste your time with it. <laughs> you asked me to watch Stargate Atlantis. Now, I didn't watch any other episode of Stargate Atlantis since it was first commissioned. So this was the first ever episode I watched. So, yeah, it was fine. <laughs> I, so what are the differences between the real world and the dream world? I, I don't know. <laughs> this episode mostly takes part and takes place in the dream world and like the hospital bay of the real world which you know it looks a bit futury but it's just a hospital bay so yeah it was fine not a lot is happens he, he, which character is is in the dream um the senior female one not the warrior one 
I didn't even bother learning the names here. Jason oh, Momoa is in the hair. background, and I think I counted, and he says about eight words throughout the entire episode. No, yeah, I don't he's know. not a big character in it. No, I mean, because nobody else has gone on to any sort of career hollies. They should have been pushing Jason Momoa to, for those down-the-road box set sales. Mm, um, but yeah, so the leader lady has been bitten by nanites or something. Right, um, yeah, it can happen. Yeah, and nanites are making her believe she's in a dream world for some reason. And then the nanites that she has been bitten with were designed to fight the Wraith, which I think is the bad guy from the season or show. Yes, um, it is. So they inject a little bit of Wraith into her, so all the nanites go and try and uh, get that, and then they just chop that out. And... After that, there's just a few nanites left, so the dream state, it comes down to a willpower to get back. Um, So again, like, it was one of the other characters, but it might as well have been a dog barking at the door. <laughs> like, it was just... Come on, dog! Come, come, come back dog. to us, come back! Um, there are a few others, but look, I think we've reached the end here, so we don't really have time to talk about them, but have you ever seen the film Sucker Punch? <laughs> <laughs> It's one of my uh, my favourite films and it actually kind of revolves around a very similar idea to this. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, join us next Benjamin. week. <laughs> Benjamin, the listeners. The listeners. The listeners. Well, we got a few very quick ones for the listeners. I'm sorry, the listeners are not, are not getting the look in they deserve this week at all. But I'll go through it anyway because it's important. To any of the listeners out there, just keep staying the course and eventually you'll be brought on as a special guest. It's, <laughs> it's thanks, pretty Shane. much true at this stage. Thanks, Shane. So, uh, OG Glop of the podcast um, gave us a shout and said, Bouncers Dream in Neighbours. Neighbours. I'm familiar with it, yeah. Everybody needs good neighbours. It's important. Um, and it's, a, a, it's an episode through the filter of a dog's dream. Well worth a watch. I, I like this. I like the sound of it, Ben. I've never seen it. I should have given it more of a go. Um, That's more experimental than I would have given Neighbours credit for. Yeah, very strange. Yeah, I, it's something. I guess someone had like a manic episode and they're like, I'd give him an episode. One, let him have it. Yeah. Let him have yeah. it. He needs it. Uh, Irish fascini- uh, fashionista 777 or Siobhan said uh, duet from season three of The Flash, which was also a musical and crossover with episode uh, with an episode of Supergirl. So it's a dream episode, a musical episode, and a crossover episode. Which is well, actually a shite. great way to like tick all your standard schlock episodes off in one. That's the trifecta, Ben. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's it. That's it. Um, Cron gave us a shout, and he said the Max Payne dream sequence um, from 2013's Mark Wahlberg starring Max Payne. Uh, Surely that never happened, that. Ben. Nobody ever Surely. watched it, okay. and every copy of that movie has been burned. I think Cron liked it though. Wow, Cron liked it's it. Apparently. So bad. Well, I mean, oh Cron, we're gonna need to have a word. <laughs> You're gonna have words with everybody. Yep, Shane's there's a grumpy a boy. And then, as soon as lockdown is over, there is a list. Cron, Lin Manuel Miranda, very aptly for the end of this podcast. Um, Infinity Action Figure Art said Twin Peaks with the Red Room and anything else to do with David Lynch and the episode of Buffy where there was a dude with cheese singles. One for you at Leonard Mick. Yeah. The- there actually was an episode of Buffy, Ben. I think that's because you've confused the listeners a little bit into thinking that it's just about dreams rather than a, an, an entire alternate reality within a dream. But there, are, there is a Buffy episode, which is famously three mini segments of the characters having nightmares. 
and there's a character in it with a cheese slices. Okay, that's interesting. They're not real cheese slices, but like you know, you, you kind of get the sense that they're cheese. You know, mm. they're green, but you still know cheese-esque. that it's cheese, and and you don't acknowledge that it's green. It's just, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just so anyway. Green. Join us next week, ladies and gentlemen, where we'll be launching our brand new podcast that Shane is going to do called Lynch Lane. And he's just going to go off on little tangents and you have to tune in every week and see what he talks about. It's pretty interesting. Uh, Very good. I'll occasionally just send text messages and fuck up yeah, the audio. <laughs> I'm going to have edited that out, Shane, so no one's going to even get the that joke. music for the podcast. <laughs> now I have to leave in you uh-huh. messing it up. Excellent. So that that joke uh, makes sense. <laughs> Pure chaos. Pure chaos. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, do you have any favourite alternate reality dream vibes uh, that you'd like to tell us about? I like the one where Captain Picard lives a whole life on an alien planet and plays oh, the yeah, flute. Oh yeah, the flute. Oh, I remember that one. The planet dies. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah, it's not I great. like that one. I mean, I like that one. There was that time that Miles O'Brien was imprisoned and he was only there for a matter of days, but they implanted the knowledge of 20 years of imprisonment in his brain yeah I like those I like that oh, kind of messing good. with time ones that yeah. sounds very grim ladies and gentlemen you can get in touch with us in lots of different ways you can get in touch with us uh, on the interwebs at www.seanreviewg.com it kind of means tiny room in Irish sort of a little bit maybe yeah you can find us on Instagram at seanreviewg s-e-o-m-r-a-b-e-a-g still same 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 if you are in Tala and wait until about three in the morning when it's relatively silent and just scream really loudly, we'll hear you. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. true. We'll have the mic set up overnight so you can give us a roar. Or you can come visit us in our dreams um, and give Very us the ideas good. that you want on the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we had so much fun talking about Supernatural this week that we're going to be talking about what will now surely become one of the worst finales in television history next week on the podcast where we look at uh, Supernatural because it's all wrapped up this very week. It cannot be worse than Dexter. Oh, Shane. Tune oh, in next I will week put money, to I will out. put money on this. The internet is not going to be as upset as everybody was about Dexter. I'll put money on the fact what that you Game are of wrong. No, apparently this, and I have watched it so I can actually back it up here and say, this is worse than Game of Thrones. We're talking about it next week, Ben. Don't talk about it next week. Load. So join us next week. Let us know what you think of Supernatural. Did it have an effect on you? Or is it just a pile of schlock with the homoerotic vibes that are probably quite inappropriate between two brothers? Later! It's all a spectrum, Ben. Um, that's... Is that my bloody dog? <laughs>